Welcome back to Aliyah Yomi. Today we are going to be learning together Noach Shlishi, the third Aliyah in Parshas Noach. Our Aliyah is made up of 22 Psukim and runs from Perik Zion, Posuk Yud Zion, to Perik Ches, Posuk Yud Dalad. The main point of our Aliyah is the end of the Mabul, the way out of the Teva, of the Ark. The very basic summary of Aliyah goes as follows. We hear that the Mabul, this flood, is 40 days on the earth, and then the water brings the ark up so much that it is above all the highest of the mountains, so much so that it's 15 cubits above the highest mountain on earth. We hear that everything perishes, everything on the ground perishes, all the birds, all the animals, even the creepy crawlies perish. Anything which breathes is dead. Um, and at this point in time, the only thing which is remaining of any establishment of any life form on earth is Noah and his family in the, te- in the Teva. And we hear that, that the waters remain at this height, at this level of magnitude for 150 days. At which point Hashem remembers Noah and all the animals, every all the life forms on the Teva, and the waters start subsiding. Hashem blocks up the, the wellsprings of the depths, closes the, the, mount, the windows of the heavens, and the, the rain stops, at which point in time, slowly it starts to ebb back to normal reality at the end of this 150 days, at which point it takes a, uh, they were talking about in the, on the seventh month, it says, on the, on the 17th day, it now arrives, the Teva, the Ark, subsides down onto Harei Ararat, the mountains of Ararat. The ma- and the waters keep going until the 10th month, on the 10th of that month, then the tops of the hills appear. So Noach wait, waits 40 more days, at which point in time he opens up the window and he sends off the raven. The raven uh, flies back and forth, but comes back um, to the Teva, at which point Noach sends or releases the Dav, the Yonah, to see if the if the waters have in fact subsided from the ground. The Noach, the Yonah, does not find its rest and returns to it because the water is still covering the face of most of the earth. At which point, in seven days more, he brings back the the, the Yonah to send out, and it comes back in the evening with an Alei Zayis Taraf Befiha, with a olive branch in her mouth, and Noach knows that the water has finished. And at another seven days later, he sends it again, and it does not return. So at this point in time, we hear that this is in the 601st year um, of Noach's life. We hear about on the first of a day of the month, the, all the water dries up from the earth. From, from the earth. Noach opens up the Teva, and at this point in time, we're told it's on the 27th of the second month, when the earth is fully dry. That is the, essentially one entire year later, because it starts on the 17th of Cheshvan, ends on the 27th of Cheshvan, which is um, a full year of 354 days, like uh, 365 days, the 11-day difference between the lunar and the solar calendar. So a few things to ponder when considering this Aliyah. What about the fish?
Rashi points out, quoting the Gomorrah and Sanhedrin, that no, the fish did not die. They did not perish in this. It was only the terrestrial creatures. It's interesting to note that most of the animals that we know about today are terrestrial-based, are land-based, and avian. Those are birds. We don't know so much. We have not classified most of the species that live in the oceans still today. How do the dates work exactly? So Rashi has a very complicated cheshbon where he points out that the, the numbering of the months may be back not from the beginning of the year but from the waters. So for instance, Rashi points out that the flood started on the 17th of Mar Cheshvan. It rained for 40 days which led to the 28th of Kislev. And then there were 158 days later is the 1st of Sivan. Sivan is called the 7th month because it's the 7th month from Kislev which is when the, the rain and the, the flooding stopped. So it, it's it's complicated to work out. It's relative numbers of months, not um, objective numbers of months. It does say an interesting thing. It says that Noah, ach Noach, only Noach re remained. Whenever the Torah uses the word ach, it's a limitation. It's excluding something. So almost as if not all of Noach survived. Rashi gives two possibilities, and that is yes. In fact, Noach had an encounter with a lion. He was trying to feed all the different animals and he was not able to feed the lion in time and the lion actually uh, actually injured him so he was he was injured he wasn't fully himself another possibility is he was coughing he was bringing up blood because of the the, the incredible effort of caring for his ecosystem in his ark so even though Noach does survive is his worse for the wear for all the efforts that he goes through to in order to do this Another question is, does Hashem really remember Noach? Meaning, does Hashem not remember beforehand? So Rashi explains that it is Hashem's Midas Hadin, his, his attribute of justice, which is being exercised and turned into a Midas Arachamim. And that's what's being pivoted here. So Vayiz Kor is not about Hashem suddenly being reminded, but rather it is a pivot of his way of interacting with the world. It's interesting to note that the that this is in fact one of the psukim used in Zichronos, in the prayer the, of the Musaf on Rosh Hashanah, where where we talk about Hashem, please remember us like you pivoted from Midas Hadin to Midas Arachamim at the times of Noach as well. The Rachim HaKadosh explains that he remembered the suffering that Noach underwent. That means to say, looking back at all the different things that Noach had to do, all the suffering and the sacrifices he made, that is what's being recalled. Sometimes it's worthwhile noting that although we may not have all the Zuchusim, all the merits, we may have suffering and that itself is something to be worth being remembered by HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Now the question is, where is Ararat? So it is interesting to notice that um, today Ararat is a, uh, is actually a couple mountains which are found in the northeastern area in um, Turkey. So in just actually towards the border with Arme Armenia, there are mountains which are snow-covered called, um, called Ararat after this, this event. And there are searches, there are many people who have claimed, over 200 accounts of people who have claimed to see parts of this, um, of, of the Ark on Ararat since 1856. Um, there's supposed to be a fragment of it in the museum in, in a certain cathedral in, the, in, in, in an Armenian church. But nonetheless, there haven't been scientific searches, but there are lots of claims that this is referring to the place where the Ark actually did rest. Another question to notice is, why is it that Noah waited 40 days before sending out the raven? So the Rosh Rabbeinu Asher actually quotes an interesting timeline, and he points out that if you count very carefully, 
then um, for the 150 days and the waiting and then the 40 days and the, the, the week, it turns out that he, he points out is that when he opened up and he started searching, it was on the 10th of Tammuz. A week later was on the 17th of Tammuz when he sent out the Oreyu. That means to say that there's a certain remez, he says over here, so that in a certain sense, sending out that raven was the, the, the starting of the process of a future exile of being separated, which is memorialized in this, in this primordial sending as well. Very interesting perspective. Now, why did the raven, why did he choose the raven and why would it not go? It seems that it did not, not come back. So it could be there was no place for it to rest. But it's also possible, as Rashi points out, that a very strange Gemara that he quotes, that he was concerned to leave its partner alone with Moshe, the female raven behind, which is very strange. What does that mean? So the Gemara in Sanhedrin Kuches explains the following. That really what the raven was saying is like this. Look, I have a non-kosher species. And if there's only two of us and something happens to me that uh, exhaustion, cold, I die, then that's the extinction of the entire raven species. And the raven was not willing to do that. So that's perhaps what it means, is that he was, he was concerned. Leaving just his partner was, no, there's nothing, nothing's going ha- to happen. There's never going to be a, ra- a population of ravens. So why did Noah choose the raven? Meaning, why didn't he take more of a chance with a kosher species, which had a few extras, there were seven of each, so the Rav Sarotskin in the Oznaim Torah explains that, that Noach realized there was an insurance policy on the ravens, on, on the ravens because if you remember, the non-kosher animals came by themselves to the ark because HaKadosh Baruch Hu was invested in the survival of the min, the survival of each species. The kosher animals Noach had to actually bring onto the table himself. That was extra. So Noach realized if Hashem was interested in the survival of the species, then there's, it's almost likely that the raven is going to be the one that succeeds. Very fascinating perspective as to the, so to speak, the, the two perspectives, Noach and the raven, in this particular episode. Why is it the olive branch? So the Medrash Lekach Tov says because it came as one of the special fruits from the land of Israel, going on in a line of the Midrashic literature that the land of Israel was not flooded. And this is a symbol of being able to come back to the land of Israel. There's a lot of interesting ideas about it as well and why the raven and then the dove why do you choose these two ideas it's interesting to note that both of these animals have lifelong partners but going along the midrashic line that we just looked at the raven is has one partner in a sense of distrust it would not leave its partner because of concern for there being some form of infidelity so it's Clinging is because of a deep sense of d- distrust. Whereas the, Yonna, the the dove actually has a great sense of trust, which is why it comes back to its partner. So both of them clinging to their partners, but one seated in distrust, one seated in trust. And this is, this is something which is very profound. The Noach is latching onto two very different modalities of relationship. With this, we close the third Ali and the meantime, have a wonderful and meaningful.